Welcome to Bariatric Yarns, where we talk all things weight loss surgery. This season, I'm sharing my book, An Unexpected Journey, which is all about my first year of weight loss surgery, and I reflect on how much things have changed since the big day as I approach my three-year mark this December. In chapter four of An Unexpected Journey, we cover what to expect. And it's a myriad of random kind of things that have mishmashed into a chapter uh, based off a lot of Instagram posts and things I've shared over the time. We're talking about movement, uh, water, hair, nails, skin, and all of the rest of it. So uh, keep tuned. Welcome back to bariatric yarns uh we're on chapter four of what to no we're on chapter four of an unexpected journey and today's chapter is uh what to expect i have no idea what to expect from this chapter because i cannot remember what i wrote at all Um, and it's, you know, it's quite nice to record and not be sure how long you're going to be talking for. Is it a short one? Is it a long one? I think I tried to space them out evenly, but, but who knows what gaps are going to be in there this time where I've put question marks, fill this in or find out more information. Who knows? It is one o'clock on a lovely Saturday, Easter Saturday. So I did record, uh, episode three earlier this morning and then I went out and did some shopping uh it's our first day out of isolation for we've been in isolation for pretty much two weeks and um we actually found out what the gender of the babies were the day we went into isolation so we're having two boys and a girl and I had been refraining from like buying clothes and stuff um because I just wanted to wait and see what we were having so I went made a special trip out um, and brought some little baby clothes today. They're so cute. I'm, I'm trying not to buy too much because that's the kind of thing that people like to gift. And I've been, um, I've got a lot of people wanting to give me kind of like bulk loads of clothes. So I don't want to um, spend too much money on, on clothes, especially if they're not going to get much wear out of them. But it was so nice. I brought the boys um, some little doggy matching tops and bottoms. And then the little girl got a nice pink onesie from Posty Plus. Um, They have the most beautiful baby clothes in there. I've been dying to go and buy some stuff. um, So I'm glad that I've been able to go and scratch that itch. Um, what else did we do? We got our cots last week and we've put one up into our bedroom and I didn't have any mattresses yet because I hadn't been able to go and collect them. So one of my friends went and got a, a cot mattress for me cause I couldn't go for like two days and I really wanted to finish the cot off. So she got me the mattress that I wanted and it, I confirmed I liked it, so today we went and brought the other two. So our cots are, are good and ready to go. Um, I just need some more blankets and stuff like that, which I'm also kind of refraining from buying because, again, it's the type of thing that people... Oh, drifting away from the mic there. It's the type of thing that people do like to give you as a gift, and I don't want to end up with too many things. So, yeah, that was my morning. I also got this um, non-maternity dress from the warehouse that um, I saw on um, someone I follow on Instagram's story the other day and she looks like boss ass in it and I was like I feel like that could work as a maternity dress it's like long sleeved uh, long dress white and ribbed you can hear my daughter in the background I can hear her playing with the dog and um anyway but I I like so I click and collected it because I don't want them to run out and I I wasn't allowed to leave the house yet till today and I I showed my husband and said oh what do you think about you know this dress and he just rolled his eyes and was like you're gonna be joking me you think that's what 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 but um 
I won the bet. I put it on today. I, I feel like I looked great in it and I really liked it. And now I want to wear it somewhere. Um, <laughs> that's my daughter and husband in the background. If you can hear that, I can hear it in my headphones and laughing. So anyway, that's what I've been up to today. Also picked up a um, ton of baking from um, a local baker, Bacon M. And we've got some donuts, we've got some Easter brownie, we've got cheesecake uh, filled Easter eggs. And I uh, also ordered a set of, um, what are those cookies? Those cookies with the like fondant kind of icing that my daughter was able to decorate and she loved doing that. So that was good. All right. <clears throat> enough chit chat. Enough banter. I don't know how I managed to go this long when I'm talking to myself. Still have a bit of a blocked nose. So bear with me. I know I sound a little bit nasally. Ah, okay. Here we go. Chapter four. What to expect body, hair and nails. A week post-op, I chopped my hair into a long bob. It was down to my chest before this. I was aware that I would likely lose hair because of the big changes going on in my body, particularly being nutrient deficient for a few months. I'd heard that people lost hair at different rates. I began to lose hair around the two to three month mark. It continued until the seven month mark. I had a lot of hair, so honestly, no one but me and my hairdresser would have noticed, but when the baby hairs started to grow back, that was the most annoying phase. At a 10-month mark, I cut my hair even shorter to a short bob. <laughs> I just lost my place. <laughs> to a short bob <laughs> to give my hair a chance to grow with less to focus on. I loved the change and I have loved the length. Losing hair was something I thought about a lot before choosing to get weight loss surgery. In fact, I think it was one reason I, I used as an excuse not to get surgery. Picturing myself bald was a big fear, or even worse, with patches of missing hair. After living through it, aware of the fact that I really didn't get it that bad, it was just a side note of the journey. Even if I had lost a lot of hair, it would have been worth it for the other gains that I had made in other areas of my life. I actually now wonder why it was such a big deal to me before. It really is such a tiny part of the journey. I kept on top of my vitamins and protein and helping my hair was one of the reasons why. People seem to focus on it a lot. Maybe because it's just something to focus on at all. I've heard of people spending hundreds on products to stop the loss. I don't think we can stop the loss for the most part, but we can probably help it grow back healthy as much as we can. I'd talk to a trusted hairdresser if you want advice. Not sure I'd take it off the gram. Some advice I did see about very expensive hair products were things that my hairdresser strongly advised against. Instagram post April 1st, 2020, hair talk. I've definitely noticed hair loss over the past month. I don't think anyone else would notice, but I certainly can. I'm glad I chopped it shorter because it was so long before. I can imagine all the hair I would be finding around the house now. I feel like a shedding animal. I'm not worried. I was prepared for this. It's only a phase and the one constant I keep seeing is that regrowth always happens. It's just a waiting game. I'm not trying anything specific to try and keep it, but have been 100% consistent with my vitamins and as good as I can be with my protein. I have collagen powder that I use a bit, and a whole heap of collagen tablets too from pre-surgery, so I might try and be a bit more consistent to help with regrowth. Just wanting to mark this on my wall so I can remember when it all started happening. May 9th, 2020, here. This is what all of my hair ties look like at, a, at the moment. It's a photo of one of my hair ties with hair all around it. I'm using scrunchies as much as I can now because they don't collect hair like this. I've lost what I would consider a lot of hair, but I was fortunate enough to have enough that to others it's not noticeable. It's also pretty dry at the moment too. I have been very consistent with my vitamins. 
like never missed a day before recently. I did take collagen at the start regularly, but haven't for a long time now, even though I still have it. Hair loss and loose skin were the main things that held me back from even considering weight loss surgery for a long time. Had to accept that I might lose a lot of hair and have a lot of loose skin and probably want surgery for removal before I even made the decision to have a consult. Might sound weird, but they really did bother me that much. I'm going to hit the salon soon for some hair love because I always feel good after a visit and I also want to support my friends. Beautiful spot here by me, Whangarei, when they reopen their doors after this lockdown period. The one consistent comment I have seen regarding hair loss is, it grows back. And that helped me take the plunge, knowing it's only going to be like this for a short period. And soon the little baby hairs will sprout. 25th of June, 2020. Update on my hair. My hair loss has stopped. Seven months out. Luckily for me, it wasn't noticeable to anyone except me, my hair chopper, but glad to stop getting clumps coming out when brushing or washing. Post 25th of August. Nail health. Realised today that my nails are the healthiest they have been in years. Like the entire time I was seeing my wellbeing coach, we would use my nails as a marker of health. And I've had lines running up my nails for years. They are strong and they look super healthy right now. Guess that's a non-scale victory. My nails did go quite brittle to start with, correlating with my hair when and when that started to fall out. They have bounced back though, and I've had the healthiest nails I can remember in the last 10 years, to be completely honest. Skin. My skin has been pretty good. I have breakouts on my chin still, including some nasty cyst-type pimples, but... The reoccurring ones I had on my cheeks are gone. I quite often get compliments on my skin looking good, but I also had a few rounds of IPL last year to help with old deep acne scarring, so I wonder if it's maybe from that. I have noticed a few wrinkle lines in my forehead that have appeared, and I'm assuming it's from the weight loss. They were filled with fat before. <laughs> no lie, first time I've understood why people get Botox. I talk more about plastic surgery in a later chapter when I talk about life beyond weight loss surgery. February 3rd, 2020. Thank you for all the beautiful replies to my story yesterday about comparing to others' weight loss surgery bodies. I mentioned how I had caught myself thinking envious thoughts of others on weight loss surgery journeys in my IG feed. Mainly around loose skin, I find myself noticing posts of others whose bodies appear to have adapted better to the extreme weight loss, meaning what I perceive to be less loose skin or stretch marks. It's not something I thought I would do, but hey, it got me. I wanted to acknowledge it so I can keep catching myself. If some, as some of you have confirmed, it's completely normal, all part of the process for some, whose bodies are continuously changing. I love my body as it is. I can hand on heart say that, and for me, choosing to get the VSG was an equal choice to accept the very big possibility that I might want to get skin removal surgery one day, which is a personal preference. But it's everyone's big dream to not need it, so it's easy to fall down the rabbit hole and think things like, wow, she's so lucky, her tummy looks normal. I could go on and on. Yes, I 100% know and believe the loose skin is worth the health benefits I've seen from my VSG already. No regrets. But constant adapting to a changing body is very real. And I really wanted to share that it's something I think about because I do. I'm not sure, oh, I'm sure others do too. All part of the weight loss surgery mind game marathon. May 19th, 2020, skin. Lately my skin has been shit. I've broken out in the last two weeks significantly around my neck and jaw. I was getting IPL monthly before to get rid of the beard that I'm currently good at growing and also something similar to help with acne scarring and my skin had been improving so much. I used to have a lot of different colours on my face and this is probably colours and so I think I meant skin tone on my face and this is probably the best in terms of consistency it's been in a long time. I don't really have a skincare routine. 
I've been trying natural brands from local local markets, but haven't found anything that really suits my skin. I would love suggestions if anyone has any favourites. Adjusting to a new body, post October 17th, 2020. It really fucks me off how good I feel when someone refers to me as tiny. The idea that I believe that being tiny or small somehow makes me better. I know this is inherently untrue, but yet, when someone close to me makes an innocent comment about my body being slimmer, smaller, tiny, I feel a sense of joy. Self-awareness is key. I know it's not right, but I don't know how to change it yet. You can bet I will try though. I look back at my 140 kilo photos and can't recognise myself. Seriously, was that me? Was that really what I looked like? I've had close friends talk to me about it. I've seen my before and afters and thought the same thing. They can't remember me even looking like that. I feel like it's some kind of phenomenon. Phenomenon? Phenomenon. I don't actually know. Phenomenon. <laughs> Let's move on. Without seeing what I look like now or knowing I could look differently, I was as I was. I wonder if my personality was how people remembered me rather than what I looked like. In either case, it's really weird. I've been this size for over six months and I'm just getting to the point of realising, yes, this is my body and it's here to stay. Sometimes I scare myself when I catch my reflection in the mirror because I don't know it's me straight away or I have to search for myself in group photos because I can't see myself and once upon a time I'd stick out like a sore thumb. February 11th, 2020. It's a before and after picture. I never felt as big as I now think I look in the first pic. People say they often see themselves bigger than they really are. But I was always the opposite. Thought I would look great until I caught a, a photo or reflection. Missed my nine week recap. We'll do it when I get up today. Thought I'd merged seamlessly into the time difference, but nope. 1.36am and I have to get up four hours to head to Auckland. It's been interesting trying to get the mind to catch up to the physical changes. At the same time, I look down and I feel the same sometimes. I enjoy going to the gym and seeing my body in the mirror when I lift weights. I used to enjoy that before as well. But now I can see more of my shoulders and the shape of my body. It makes me feel good and able. There have been certain photos of myself that I fell in love with. My sister got married when I was three months post-op and I love how I looked in the photos. I look happy and beautiful. I remember seeing a photo and saying to my husband, oh my god, I'm actually not bad looking. February 12th, 2020, my little sister got married today. This is me, her and my cousin. I mentioned needing a navy dress before we went on holiday and ordered one from Boohoo, which had arrived when we got back. It was okay, but I wasn't in love with it and realised on Monday that I'd probably fit Pagani clothes again, so stopped on the way to the wedding. Tried on four dresses, size 18, and they all fit to my surprise. I brought two, but wore this one, and we'll be taking the other one back because I don't think I'll ever wear it. It's weird being able to fit clothes in some normal shops. I'm tempted to go and see if I can fit anything at Glasson's, as that was one of my goals. It was the first time in my life I'd ever thought that at age 30, I honestly had no idea what I would look like at any other size. I had always thought of myself as ugly. Truly, this is how I felt. My sister was always the pretty one in the family. I honestly think I feel better about how I look because I feel like I look like myself. I like what I see in the mirror, but I struggle some days when I feel my face looks swollen or bigger. Bet if I tracked that though, I would have been feeling crappy even before coming to those conclusions. I know I feel better about the way I look wearing clothes I like. When my hair is how I like it and my face is fresh. I don't wear a lot of makeup, especially in sweaty summer, but I do like getting dressed up to go somewhere. I love clothes, and when I wear something 
I like, whether it's exercising or entertaining, I feel beautiful, and that's been a constant. Post 25th of October 2020. I don't think anyone out there is talking about this, so fuck it. Let's get the convo going. One thing I never expected to happen post weight loss was having to worry so much about fucking hair growth in the southern region with togs. I literally said to a mate the other night, I think they make the crotch area smaller in smaller tog sizes. I had way more coverage in my bigger togs. Well, the actual reason just smacked me in the face. I don't have my larger thighs in the way hiding my pubic region. Literally, that's it. They don't bulge over as much and basically cover the hooch completely. So now here I am thinking about a beach day I've planned on Wednesday with a friend about how I'll have to make sure she's all good down there beforehand, something I didn't really worry about so much before. Anyway, bet someone else has thought this. Post 7th of May 2020. I have to apologise for my pre-op attitude to before and after comparisons. Honestly, did not get it. And I couldn't have because I'd never been in the position to have one of my own before. And I didn't really understand why. I used to think at times, ugh, why do people post these comparisons every day? I get it, you're losing weight. But now I realise I was just being a dumb biatch and I had no clue. Well, at least I know why I choose to post side-by-sides now. It's easy to forget where you started, or even where you were a month ago. The scales might not change much. You begin to get used to what you look like and can't even remember looking like anything else. You start to forget the way you used to feel. No energy, tired all the time, often sore tummy. But at the same time, you start to remember the way you felt about your body. And your mind wants you to go back to that default mode and pick yourself and your choices apart. So posting these photos for me is about bringing it to the forefront of my mind. You begin a journey. You are on a journey. Keep going. Keep posting those side-by-sides. I have nothing but respect left as before I went to Samoa for a rugby trip in Feb 2019. Couldn't even fit the shorts, had to go and buy my own, story of my fucking life. And right as the other day in the Black Ferns shirt that I got when I went to my first Black Ferns and All Blacks game at the end of 2019. It's a 2XL and was super tight on me. Enough that I didn't like wearing it without a jacket. Sadly, I didn't take any photos on it either. Fucking epic game, we smashed Australia, sorry Elspam, and I'm dying to get to another one. Post 25th of June 2020. I'm like 100 million thousand percent looking forward to getting to the settling point body wise so I can start building a wardrobe. It's actually just kind of shit going shopping now because I don't want to waste money on clothes I won't wear for long and I don't find it exciting at all. Except for active wear, because I totally get my money's worth. When I used to go shopping before, it was more about what could fit and what was tolerable rather than what do I like. So now I'm looking, I find I still don't like that much and I'll need to have a bit of a strategy so I can keep my wardrobe tidy and not packed with things I don't wear. The concept of buying clothes with the intention to have them for a decent amount of time is very foreign to me. I've never brought anything without the thought of hopefully this won't fit soon. So looking forward to finding quality pieces that I love before, because I really do love clothes. February 26, 2020. It's such a surprise how faces change, right? You're literally like so unsure if it's going to be for the better or worst. I never realized just how chubby my face was before. I didn't feel like I looked how I see myself now. I used to feel a million bucks at times, less times then, but still. And now I see some photos and think, ah, and writing that seems really mean, but it's the honest truth. As the weight drops away, I'm left having to reflect on how big I got and what I actually looked like, because I don't think I really understood the impact on my body and mind and soul at the time. Until it's gone and all the things you couldn't do or labour to do start to become easier, you have no idea. 
Well, at least I didn't because I've never been anywhere near, near a normal weight since my early teens. P.S. So thankful my nose is adjusting to my face. I was prepared for it to stay the same size, so I'm thanking the gods on that one. May 10th, 2020. And there's my flappy arms, still clinging on to the hope that over time I could improve them by myself, by with going to the gym and getting used and my body getting used to things. My arms are my biggest mental challenge. And they were pre-surgery too. The first thing I noticed in a photo. But happy that right now they still don't really bother me. Yeah, I want to improve them, but I'm not losing sleep over them. And there isn't actually much emotion attached to it. This is a good thing. Where did my boobs go? Post 20th August 2020. Oh my God, where have my boobs gone? <laughs> like, if I don't wear a real bra, my friend legit are like, man, your boobs have gone. I'm telling myself it's because my friends, I should have said... But I'm telling myself it's because of my thick ass shoulders. They just make them look way smaller. And that's how we're keeping that fantasy for now. Yes, my boobs did shrink. And not in the way that they are the same boobs, but smaller. In the way that there is loose skin. And when I bend forward, they hang really awkwardly like empty sacks. I was warned about this, so it's no surprise. I had larger boobs before, so there is still something there. And to be honest... I don't care about the size at all, but I definitely don't like the extra skin. I didn't have super perky breasts before, after being overweight for so long and breastfeeding two kids. So the hanging of the boobs doesn't bother me either. I mentioned later on about surgery plans later down the track in this area, but I'm not in any rush. I don't feel less womanly. I don't like it aesthetically when I'm naked, but when I do have clothes on, she's all good. Weight loss in stores. Post 3rd of July 2020. It only took an espresso and some visualisation to get here, but 40 kilos down. Jumped on the scales this morning expecting them to go up and had to re-weigh a few times because I thought the scales were malfunctioning. In any case, I was 100 grams away from the 40 kilo mark. So I tried, 40 kilo loss I should say, so I tried to will myself to do a poop but visualisations couldn't do but what visualisation couldn't do? The darkest pot of Nescafe could. And now I take back all the encouraging comments I made to people who were complaining about being only a couple of hundred grams away from their goal, telling them they were basically there while I get it. Now it's... No, now it's no. The same... Now, now, sorry. While I get it, now I know it's not the same, even if the difference is literally excretion. I have no idea how I made this loss. I'm wondering if it's severely dehydration or the McDonald's or KFC or alcohol I had in the last week that shocked me out of a stall. True story. Anyway, for today, we'll take the win so close to double digits. For reference, I was 100.8 kilos in that photo. Post 20th of July 2020, I was 99.9 kilos. First time I've ever weighed double digits since I was 12. Scraping in by 100 grams, but I'm taking it. In all honesty, all honesty, I really don't care as much as I once thought I would, but it's worth documenting. 32 weeks post-op today. Loose skin and plastic surgery. I have to admit, I was really worried about extra skin before I had surgery. It was one of the things that deterred me from weight loss surgery in the first place. When I decided to get the gastric sleeve, I made the conscious decision to be okay with the potential need for skin removal surgery. Across the 12 months, my skin had changed quite a bit. At first, after losing 40 kilo quickly, I hated the extra skin on my thighs, described as looking like literal ball sack. Because of my weight loss has remained stable for the past six months, I've seen a huge change in my skin. It's smoothed out a lot and a lot more than, than it was straight after the weight loss. As I write this, I'm still nearly 100 kilos, so I don't have skin removal surgery anywhere in my near future. I have had periods of time throughout the last 12 months where I've obsessed over it. What would I get and who would the surgeon be? But there were just times where I needed something to focus on, where I felt crappy and that would fill the void. 
At this point in time, I 99% believe I will have a tummy tuck of sorts at some stage. I'm still considering having a third child. Ha ha ha. So it wouldn't be until after that. If I, uh, uh, or after I'd chosen not to go down that route again. As we know, I, I went down the route. I've uh, found my breasts have deflated quite a bit. They are quite awful when I bend over with my bra on. I was hoping to be able to have a breast lift, which is where they remove the extra skin and lift the breast, but don't put in any implants. But that all depends on if I have enough breast tissue left. I really have no worry about the size, but I have a certain look in mind. My tummy has always had an overhang from my teenage years, so I was pretty sure there was no coming back from that. A tummy tuck for me is something I will look forward to getting done, and I have no shame in that. The idea of sitting on the toilet and not worrying about overhang on my lap makes me excited, even as I write it. I've wondered if I would go overseas for surgery or stay in New Zealand. The overwhelming factor in choosing to go overseas for most surgical procedures, of course, is the reduced cost. I've had friends go on cosmetic beauty tours overseas as part of a group and it sounds awesome. Plus, they have amazing results. Because of my A-type paranoid personality, I know I will have to stay local. The reason being, I would be so stressed out about the potential of something going wrong, insurance, and the idea of being stuck in another country, in critical care, or even having to travel back on a long-haul flight. Sick or in a lot of pain. Each to their own on this one, though. I fully support someone who chooses to go overseas. My only thoughts, if someone was to ask for advice, would be to do extensive research and talk to as many people who have had lived experience as you can. What I will comment on is the fact that my skin did change after my weight stabilised. Because of this, I would recommend not rushing into cosmetic surgery too soon after your weight has stabilised. Give it a while and see what happens. I think most surgeons have a recommended wait time, so that might give you some guidance too. My thoughts on plastic surgery and choosing a surgeon are like my thoughts on tattoos. You are putting someone's art on your body. It's like commissioning a piece of artwork for your home, except a lot more permanent. To me, the cost is a reflection of the work in many cases, and cheaper is not always better. I can write that with four tattoos on my body that I got when I was younger that I would now have never have chosen. There are other things I would prefer to spend money on rather than tattoo removal, so they will stay on my body. They are a part of me and tie me to who I was then when I chose them. But I have gained with age an appreciation for tattoo art. And if I was to get one now, it would be a carefully chosen artist. And if it takes me years to save and pay for that one, the one they really want, then that's what I would do. I reached out <coughs> to the weight loss surgery community and asked if anyone would be open to sharing their experience with skin removal and breast augmentation. Um, and... Actually, I did have somebody lined up to talk to about um, on the podcast around weight loss. Oh, sorry, but at the skin removal, but it didn't end up working out. I did have um, Denise on the podcast. We talked about her breast augmentation that she got. Haven't written any of that into the book, but if you're interested to hear more, go through my season one. I think it was one of my really earlier episodes, and we talked about her um, her journey. Uh, getting her breast augmentation and it was really quite fascinating feeling the cold I didn't realize by losing weight I would be so bloody cold all the time I was going to bed on warm nights with jumpers and socks on physically cold to touch as my body adjusted so too did the internal thermometer and now it's not as bad but I definitely feel the cold a lot more than I ever did when I was heavier I've been told it takes 18 months or so for the body to adjust, but I just met someone who had a VSG over 10 years ago and he still feels cold. A lot more, so I guess the old extra layer people talk about keeping us warm really is a true thing. And then I've got a post from the 10th of October 2020. Hot summer's day, standing uh, in beautiful water at um, Matapori Bay, and I've got a huge puffer jacket on. <laughs> This is what life looks like when your body hasn't adjusted to losing a thick layer of insulation. April 7th, 2020. Cold. My reality right now every day until at least midday. So cold all the time. I heard about this, but I've always ran so hot. I didn't think it would affect me. I have double the blankets I used to use at night and sleep in socks, but because I can't warm up my hands and feet. 
still have a ways to go so not sure if this is just the body adjusting and eventually I'll temp regulate or the new norm it's weird I'm used to being warm all the time feeling hungry for me I thought I felt hunger on day three post-op but in hindsight I'm wondering if for a long time there was a certain sore tummy feeling that I get automatically and I thought that was hunger my whole life. I also wonder if some of the time I was experiencing mental hunger rather than physical hunger. There seemed to be a range of different experiences with hunger post-op. Some people just never get hungry anymore and eating becomes something that they have to just make time to do. Others like me gained an appetite back and it could come at any time. I thought mine would be way later than three days but I did think it was more of an emotional need for food rather than anything. I did experience what I thought was hunger pains mentioned earlier on that I put down to hormonal changes but now I'm not even sure if it was hunger. Movement. Post 20th July 2020. So it's, a it's kind of a before and after picture. Left. Two years ago I went to my first rugby training since high school. It was a Tuesday. Went back on Thursday and tore my calf. Right. Last game of rugby. Still injuring myself but not as severe. I was active before surgery so movement was something that came easily for me. For the first six weeks I stuck to walking. I did it as much as I could. I often would meet friends for a walk. That's something I like to do so I can catch up with friends and spend some time connecting with others. It's something that helps me to recharge and kind of kills two birds with one stone. On the six week mark I was allowed to start running and do some body weight movements. Easing into it. Six weeks to the day of surgery, I had lost about 20 kgs all up and decided that I would run a Bronco test on a whim. A Bronco is a shuttle run set up on a rugby field at 20, 40 and 60 metre mark. You run to each shuttle to complete one Bronco and do a total of five to complete the test. Before surgery, my fastest time ever was 10 minutes and 50 seconds. I went into it thinking I just wanted to not go over 10 minutes 50, so I set my watch and didn't look once. The first thing that happened was, <clears throat> sorry, I ran 1.25 kilometers without stopping, a first in my whole 30 years of life. The second thing was I didn't get sore feet like I normally had since I was 12 or so, cramping feeling in my calves didn't go solid and get super sore. The most amazing thing was, at my six week mark, after only walking for six weeks, I ran the Bronco in seven minutes and 48 seconds. I shaved off over three minutes just by losing 20 kilos. This was the first time I realized just how much the extra weight had an effect on my fitness. I was able to start strength training again at eight weeks. Don't quote me, but it's not so much the external incisions that we're looking after healing, but the internal perforations into our stomach that we need to ensure heals before we start to contract the muscles. I had to build slowly back in the gym, starting with smaller weights. From, the, from this point, I was able to resume full body contact for rugby, but COVID-19 was in full swing and our season was different for a few months. During the first lockdown, I decided I'd try to do my first couch to 5k. I've never been a runner and honestly would always say regardless of my size that I was not built for running. Imagine my surprise when I realised just how much I loved it. I completed the program and ran my first 5km ever and to this day I can still remember the feeling I had when I hit that 5k mark. Unfortunately after that due to an old injury stopped running and began to try and rehab my ankle. For most of 2020 I was running only when necessary so had to save it for the field during games otherwise I wasn't allowed to run I went through the cycle of specialists and surgeons but as I write this I still have the same foot ankle injury I miss running it is annoying to finally find someone I find something that I enjoy and still not being able to do it I registered myself for a series of 5km events but have had to walk them thus far October 6, 2020. Another before and after. The first pick was in December 2017 when I finally mustered up the courage to go to my free work boot camp. I had avoided them for years because I didn't want to work out with my colleagues. I realised when I went just how much I enjoyed it and how supportive everyone was. I had to scale a lot of stations and even throw in some of my own rests but I still showed up. 
One thing that has blown me away about weight loss surgery is how much easier it is to work out. I feel like when I was 140 kilos, I was trying 200% more than I have to now. The recovery is slower and harder during training and in between. I actually am so proud of myself and how active I was when I was bigger because I had no idea just how much easier it was for those around me. I thought, I'm so unfit, I'm so lazy when I needed an extra rest or to scale. But now looking back, I can't believe the determination and grit I had to stick in and keep coming back to things like this. I have the maddest respect for anyone who is carrying extra weight and showing up for themselves to move their bodies. I'm still heavier, 100 kg-ish, and feel reasonably fit compared to my even heavier self, but I am excited to see what 90 kgs me can do in terms of performance. I'm still at this time considered heavy, 97 kg-ish, so there is still a lot of force going through my joints when I run. I thought it might be wise to wait and try again when I weighed less, there's a lot of runners I speak to all attest to the fact that even a few more extra kilos can change their run significantly. When considering if I should lose more weight, this was one of the things I would think about. I think that I found my fitness had an instant improvement after losing 20 kilos, then 40 kilos, so imagine what it would be like to have another 10 kilos gone. I consider myself the fittest I've ever been, but then I think, huh, Maybe there's another level of fitness that I could reach if I didn't have as much body fat as I currently do. As you'll read about further in the book, I'm exploring the concept of intuitive and mindful eating and unlearning the diet culture. So this is a bit of a minefield for me at the moment, trying to figure out exactly what I want to be and where the intention is coming from, while also being able to align with my values and principles. March 2022. <laughs> March 22. 2020. What a day. After planning to go to the gym, we decided to tackle Mount Maniah instead. 1,000 steps, 420 metres above sea level in a bloody sweat fest. I've only attempted this walk once before, three years ago, and it took me twice the time with stops after each set of stairs. I literally died and nearly turned back so many times. Today, though, my mantra was keep moving forward. So instead of stopping, I may have slowed down at times, but I kept going. So happy to make it again. Also so happy to be moving still, as last time I was already locked up and ended up limping for a week. I'd like to take 5 to 10 minutes off, off my time, which was 41 minutes for 55 seconds, which will hopefully naturally happen as I weigh less, but super proud of myself because I kept the negative self-talk down. I only thought about turning back once briefly and the body stayed strong. I even jogged down the stairs on my way back. More picks to come, including some side-by-sides from the last time we went out. One thing I can't get over is just how much easier it has been moving after losing weight. To be able to fold my body, curl up into a ball or even just get up off the floor with so much less effort. Cannot believe how much purely losing fat had an instant effect on my fitness and my body's abilities. I look at my former self with so much more respect and admiration after knowing how much easier exercise and movement truly is when one weighs less. I think there's nothing I can't do after what I endured at 140 kilos. These days it's important for me to do what I enjoy. Movement is the caretaker of my mental health. I know I need to move or I begin to fall into a bit of a slump or poor mood. I walk with friends as often as I can, preferably on a trail. Being in nature fuels my soul like nothing else. I get a feeling right in my heart. I love strength training, so building a solid routine in the gym is something that I enjoy. I struggled with how much strength I lost with the weight loss, but I'm excited to be able to start a journey to earn some of that back and feel strong within myself again. I'm not sure if I'll continue to play rugby due to other commitments, but as I feel... This, I write a little, this, as, as I write this, I feel a little tug in my tummy that I at least have one year left in me. I would like to get back into running at some point so I can get that runner's high and enjoy seeing the sights around my home. Foam rolling is important to me. This is the time to think and feel how my body is feeling. It's almost like meditation for me. I'd like to have a good routine of foam rolling every day to keep my body mobile. Some of the things I've centered into my life others are in progress and others and that is okay that is life 
This is life. Post 26th of July 2020. And it's a before and after rugby 2019 versus rugby 2020. We had our last game today. The difference between rugby this year and last year has been huge for me. My fitness has improved tenfold, which meant I could start to focus on other skills. Felt more confident with each game and spent a lot less time beating myself up about mistakes or shortfalls like last year. It's a nice feeling to end a season knowing that I need to work on what I need to work on and how I can challenge myself during the off-season. It's even better knowing I'm in a position to make the gains that I couldn't before. Feeling good mentally, but physically sore as fuck till next year. Random thoughts and things that nobody wants to talk about. Poo. 21st of August 2020. Now, this is TMI, but all about the truth around here. It really is no joke when they say hydration will help with poo. Like, I've had some trouble at times post-op, and I think I drank more water to help get things going. But now, after actually drinking what I consider a fuck ton of water four litres a day, I can see there really is a true effect. For example, I've gone three times this morning. Don't expect that to keep up, but I reckon after a clear out, she'll become quite regular. December 14th, 2019. I don't feel like celebrating anything, but I weighed in this morning and have lost 13.4 kilos, 29.5 pounds since the start of pre-up. I like writing everything in pounds too, because it seems like so much more. No shame. Also, for full time, I had my first real poo today. Thank fuck that is over and done with. I was seriously backed up. Sorry anyone who knows me. P.S. I think I'm feeling hungry today. I'm only, I'm 100% looking forward to having a crusket with cottage cheese and ham in a week or so. Honestly, it's going to be life. So that was like six, oh, yeah, five days after surgery. <laughs> yes, we have to talk about poo because it's something that we all do post-op. Before surgery, I was one, going one to three times a day, mostly because I'm pretty sure I had IBS, probably still do, and a lot of the time it was food-related causes. Obviously, when you stop eating food, pretty much, you don't have much to poop out, and if you don't take what you need to do, what you need to, sorry, you don't have enough fibre to help collect all that stuff and help it on its merry way out of the body. I was taking docusate prescribed to me by my surgeon post-op to help soften stools, I thought I could stop taking it in the first couple of months once I was eating what I considered enough to poop properly on my own, but was advised to keep going, maybe just do every second day instead of daily to see how I went. I was told when we stop early and get into a backed up situation, it can be very painful and a shit experience, pun intended. When I did come off DocuSate, I began putting Benny fiber into my smoothies because I would end up constipated sometimes. After being such a regular pooper, it was quite weird not having to go as often. As my post above mentions, water is a huge factor in this. I wasn't drinking enough water most of the time, and that meant my poo was a bit drier than it needed to be. If you get constipated or have trouble, honestly your best friend is water and lots of it. As I have been able to eat more, I've begun to have some food reactions again. There are certain things, like before weight loss surgery, that set me off and give me a sore tummy, and basically the instant shits. Now I'm trying to get more in tune with my body, I'm starting to pay more attention and trial and error things, so I can be more mindful of what I'm putting into my body and aware of the consequences. Coffee still seems to get the bowels going quite easily. Even decaf gets me, so it's kind of my secret weapon at times, but, always, but doesn't always work when I want it to. Shark week. My periods lengthened up to seven days long after surgery. They were quite horrible and heavy. The first few months were the worst. I spoke to my dietitian, though, and she said because of the release of stored hormones from the fat back into my blood stream, mentioned in the part about being hungry above, that's why. The body is changing so rapidly, so it wasn't a surprise, but something I hadn't thought about. Now, 12 months on, they're still a little bit longer and different than before, but regular, as they have always been. Sometimes I've had no pain, but other times I've had quite a bit of cramping. Still get PMS, and a day or two before I start, I am a class A bitch. Like, I even hate myself. My words can cut like a knife on those days, and it's how I know I'm getting my period. 
A lot of women have had weight loss surgery following being unable to get pregnant when they were heavier. I've seen many of them lose weight and successfully get pregnant. Their periods become regular and they and some begin to ovulate normally for the first time in years. My surgeon suggested waiting at least 18 months before getting pregnant and puts a big emphasis on birth control, but I have seen people get pregnant toward the end of the first year on Instagram. I can imagine after years of trying to get pregnant, it's probably something they want to make happen as soon as possible. Feb 5th, 2020, Shark Week talk. Second period since post-op. First was weird, the second is also weird. Arrived three days late and has barely been a thing so far. This should be day five. Driving me a bit nuts. But the dietitian did talk about hormones being up the wazoo because we're releasing old stored hormones from fat we lose back into our bloodstream. Really would like to hear how others have gone post-op with this. Exhaustion and sleep. 25th November 2020. Today's mood... I went to the GP today to talk about the extreme tiredness I've been feeling some days. She said it takes 12 months after the bulk of your weight loss for your body to realise this is the new normal. So until it resets and spends all the time thinking you were in famine and starving, until it resets, it spends all the time thinking you were in famine and starving. As the periods are heavier because of the extra stored hormones, blah, blah, blah. We're, sorry, okay, as the periods are heavier, because of the extra stored hormones we're getting rid of, and the fact that our body is in famine, and it, it tries to make it harder for us to get pregnant, so iron dips lower. Plus, there's a narrow part of the stomach that can absorb vitamin B12, and our stomach produces the enzyme that helps us to absorb it, so a smaller stomach equals less enzyme and potentially less absorption. So our B12 can dip even lower, even though it was okay in the first few months. It was okay for me, but I had to play catch-up before I had surgery. Lots of things going on in the body and potential other factors, but I'm off for a blood test to see what's going on. The GP was so nice and said, with the tool, she's had previous patients who had had the surgery and lost some weight but put it back on within a few months. They were livid with their surgeon, but when they got to the bottom of it, they found out they were living off ice cream and chocolate because they decided it was easiest for them to eat. A few different things wrong with that but scenario, but it made me feel good. I've been pretty bummed that I haven't lost much since six months, but one lovely person on here said the other day, it's amazing. I've managed to maintain and not put anything back on for another six months, which totally helped me change my mindset. Following my blood test, I received a text to say my bloods were fine. This was pretty gutting because I was so exhausted. Just wanted to know what was wrong with me and try to fix it. Eventually, I tried to read the book Fast Asleep by Michael Mosley, and I began to do a time restriction therapy. At the time of writing this book, I'm in the third week and can confirm I'm feeling way better. I also realised I hadn't been good at getting in my multivitamin consistently, so I've been doing that daily. 1st December 2020. Whoop, whoop, this is going to sound ridiculous, but I got my blood test results back and they were fine. Which is great, but means I'm back to the drawing board about why I have been so tired and a few other things. I was hoping it would be an iron or B12 deficiency that I could fix easily enough. What I hate about con conventional medicine is that I went in with a problem, got sent for tests, and then they sent a text to say my bloods were fine. Yay, thanks, now what? Like, don't come back because we can't help you because your bloods are fine. This is why I end up in the back of the fucking boondocks talking to which doctors and why I hardly ever go to the doctors. Like, she was lovely, honestly, but man, I feel pretty hopeless. But I do remember she did say the body will take another six months to get used to my new normal and thinks I'm in famine and using up energy, blah, 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 blah. So that potentially means another six months and things might just improve after that. I felt like I waited. Uh, lost my place again. That's what happens when I keep playing with my pen. I felt like I waited long enough just to go for this checkup. I'm not the type to go to the doctors for nothing. Anyway, whinge over, I'll reframe and celebrate that I'm healthy. I'll keep working on my sleep hygiene. I'll keep exercising and trying to eat better. There is one thing I haven't done, and that's the, ch the Chinese medicine man wants me to try because he thinks it will solve my problems. So 
I'm going to do that and see if he's right. It involves cutting out some foods, which I hate, but doing it in the name of health and all that, right? I don't need any comments on this one. I'm just whinging and it's out of my system now. I can move on. Okay, I think that is the end of that. Yes, I think that's the end of that chapter. Um, I'll, I'll follow on just quickly. I have to go because I'm going to meet someone soon. But um, from the from the sleep stuff, right? I was exhausted for a very, very, very long time, and that didn't go away. So that was back in like November 2020, right? Waited another six months didn't come right I ended up going back and seeing another GP who was flipping amazing and I was working with her last year to try and figure out you know what was going on I started going to acupuncture it was actually my acupuncturist who was like she's the best Chinese medicine acupuncturist lady ever she was like you need to go to your GP which I was like oh that's weird I didn't think she would kind of recommend that this holistic and she's like no no, no. We, we I like to work together with people so I went to my GP, I ended up having ultrasounds, you know, I still get the gallbladdery pain, if that's what it is, still don't know. Um, I had an internal ultrasound of my uterus, I was going to a pelvic floor physio as well. I um, ended up having like MRIs on my back, because I, you know, I thought might have like some back injuries from rugby, all that kind of stuff. All my bloods, everything was clear. Um, I had some, they found a couple of cysts on my kidneys, but they ended up being okay. We'll just be monitored kind of like forever to see if they get any bigger, but they don't think they're having an impact on anything for me. Um, I did find out I had like five different things going on in my spine, but like no one's got a perfect spine at my age, but they, they were things that could cause a lot of chronic pain. So we kind of got to that point. Um, I was meant to go and get, so I had four MRIs done on my back and then I had to get one done on my hip or CT scans. I had CT scans as well. And, um, I found out I was pregnant and they had to inject the dye in. And so I couldn't have that final scan. So I never got to go back and see the surgeon and see what his recommendations would have been. But I do know what is going on with my back now. So I was still, um, like even now, I'm not great with my sleep. I Last year before I was pregnant, I was sleeping heaps and sleeping through the night. I did the Michael Mosley stuff. I got myself sleeping through the night, but I would still wake up just shattered and tired all the time. That's what I was trying to get to the bottom of, but we kind of started to thinking down the track that if I did have this chronic pain going on in my back, that could be what was kind of draining all of my energy and, and I didn't realise it. Um, so... I was like, oh, I can't, get, I knew I wanted to try and have another baby. And I was like, oh, I can't do that without fixing all this stuff going on with my body because I might end up like seriously depressed because I'm already tired now and I'm going to be even more tired. But it got to the point where actually one of my friends got pregnant and I was like, oh, we could be baby buddies. I'll just try now. But I also realized, why am I trying to fix my sleep when I'm going to have terrible sleep? Like, What's that going to be like Fix when I actually do finally fix my sleep, then going straight back to being knackered and shattered all the time? Might as well just keep that as my normal for now. So that's why I didn't get to the end of all of that, but decided not to, um, well, I decided not to wait to try and have a baby. Um, I did mention as well in that episode around having an ankle injury, I started going to this osteo last year. Uh, he fixed my my ankle in like two sessions I went in and he was like I call him magic hands I went in and hit the first assessment he was like well it's pretty obvious except he was French and he had a French accent it's like your your um bones out of place and it was and he manipulated back in and I haven't had any problems with it since um but I still I haven't been running since then I was still playing um rugby when he was still here last year and uh, sadly he's moved away which I'm really gutted about so that was a bit of a mismatch of a episode. I think I must have just gone through all my posts and just chucked a whole lot together thinking this would be helpful for somebody to know. And I don't know if that was very helpful, but um, I have to say, I actually found it quite triggering listening to the way that I was talking about myself and my body and um, talking about what I looked like. 
I've found I've gone through this big cycle with before and afters. Like before I started, I was all like judgy on people who were doing it all the time because it made me feel a bit uncomfortable. Then once the scales stopped moving for me, I realized, oh, this keeps reminding me that I've made changes in my life. Um, but then I actually got, I've, I went like full fold once I got into the intuitive and mindful eating and started actually, you know, trying to unlearn diet culture and that we think we should look a certain way and looking a certain way makes us better. And I had to really um, examine the lens at which I look through when I'm looking at my photos. So it actually made me feel kind of sad um, listening to myself berate myself in some of the photos and, and say things like, oh my God, I can't believe that I didn't realize I looked like that because that's actually just horrible. So I didn't like having to read through that. I did find that quite triggering. Um, so hair for me, I still, like my hair has grown back. I'm starting to grow it a bit longer now, but it hasn't, I feel like I don't have as much yet. Like it used to be a lot more fuller. I'm still working on that. Um, I've had an on and off relationship with my nails um, so they sounded great there. They got really good when I was preg when I first was pregnant. Again, I noticed today some of them are a little bit more brittle. I did get a jealous machine and I was doing my gel nails quite a bit. Um, had to just take a break because that was really affecting them. My skin, um, I still get the breakouts on my neck, the cystic acne. I do want to get some work done on my skin, like a plan at some point, but not while I'm pregnant. Uh... And I'm just looking because I was trying to write notes as I went. My boobs. So I obviously, now that I'm pregnant, my boobs are like back and bigger than ever. I can't really comment on that much. I found it interesting how I was talking about like the fact that I 99% will go and get a tummy tuck. I think my mind, I've changed a little bit since like when I wrote that. I truly believed that I was going to continue losing weight and I was going to end up being, you know, really slim. And it actually didn't happen for me. So I was actually kind of at my settled weight then and I didn't realize it. Um, so at that weight, I don't think any surgeon would touch me for plastic surgery because my BMI wouldn't be low enough for their standards or whatever. Um, maybe someone would if my body fat percentage was was okay. At, I think at that point it was around 30%. But um, I don't think about it as much anymore and... While I'm pregnant as well, I've had to just kind of trust in my body to do what it needs to do to grow these babies. And I, yeah, what I look like right now, like I still have my days where I'm like, oh God, yesterday I was like, fuck, I look like a bush pig. <laughs> that still happens to me. But I have accepted kind of like, I don't know what's going to happen after I've had these three babies. And... I will talk a lot more about that in some of the other episodes as well. Um, so I don't know about tummy tucks. I don't know about breast augmentations, all that kind of stuff. I think I am a lot more accepting of my body now than I was when I originally wrote that. Um, and that's that's coming down to really knowing, like unpicking all the diet culture-y stuff and diet brain for me and um, taking that perfect body off the pedestal and really just um, trying to trust my own body and that I am how I am and trying to find a way to like live within that and all the rest of it. But that's like a whole episode in itself. So gosh, I'm at, I'm at the end of chapter four, four and I don't even really know what I was just covering there, but um, I hope you found that interesting I need to go I'm just about to go down the road and catch up with my cousin who's coming through town um I appreciate you for coming in and, and listening today I think I'm going to be doing a bit of thinking after that episode to be honest um I'm really feeling a bit sad for myself um at how I was feeling at that point in time when I wrote that and just some of the things that I wrote in my posts. And um, yeah, I have such a better appreciation for my body now. So this has actually probably been really good for me 
to realize how much um mentally things have changed for me since then and yeah it's like there's, there's this thing that's always happening right we we have to have something to focus on or I I have always been like that so if it wasn't focusing on a diet then you know once the scale stopped moving it was focusing on my appearance and how that had changed and all that kind of stuff and um I actually don't weigh myself anymore I we don't even have scales in the house which is amazing because like as much as I used to try and tell myself they didn't fuck me up they did they made me feel like shit so I only weigh myself when I go to the um midwife and um I've gotten to the point where that isn't phasing me anymore either but yeah like I'm in such a different place than when I first wrote this so yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna finish there that's the end of chapter one thank you so much for listening uh, I didn't have to pause and blow my nose half as much as I did on this morning's episode, so that was great. You can't tell because I edited it out. But uh, have a great afternoon or night or morning, whatever it is for you. And uh, you'll hear from me again soon. As always, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Bariatric Yarns. We'd love to hear from you over on our Instagram at Bariatric Yarns. And our final reminders of today, take care of yourself, listen to your medical specialist and be respectful of others in the weight loss surgery community.